guys. Welcome back to Genuine Love Podcast. I am Jensen here with Virginia. Hello. Felt weird introducing ourselves, but we felt like <laughs> we needed to do that now. Um, yeah, we realized we never introduce ourselves. So if you're a longtime listener, you probably know our voices. Yeah. Distinctly, if right. not. Um, but how would they know that it, oh, which one it good. is? Well, I say like Jensen. A no, lot. I know. But, I wouldn't be calling oh, okay. myself Jensen. I guess you're right. You're right. But I'm just so, saying, how do they know context which one is Jensen? Like, um, no, I know. Under, I understand why, how they would know the difference <laughs> in the voices. I'm saying, like, when they see a picture of us, if they don't know oh, us. Oh, good point. And we both have brown hair. How both have brown know? eyes. We're we basically have, the same person. We're basically the same person. So, yeah. anyway. It's a very confusing situation for everyone Sorry, involved, guys. Myself included. We've been very confusing on this podcast. I know. But we're going to bring this clarity long. from now on. Anyway, so today we are starting something new. Which is really exciting. Two things new, I guess. But the first thing is that we are going to start sharing What We Love Wednesday. Yeah. Which is a little like, Intro. segment. Little segment. Little segment. Kind of lighten everything up. Um, where we're just going to share something that we love. It could be like a product. It could have been an experience. Could have been, you know, a person, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. From... The last week. Now that I feel obligated to say a member of my family. I know. I don't feel obligated to do that at all. Oh, well, so I'm a better person. The than difference you are, between so. you and I. Okay, so do you want me to go first? Or yeah, you, you go first. Okay, so what I love Wednesday today is I just finished reading. Uh, well, not just finished. Like last week, finished reading the book Uninvited mm-hmm. by Lisa Turkers. Have you read that? No, but I've always <gasps> wanted to. I've heard it's really good. It's so good life-changing crazy crazy good and i'd never i've never read I any do of like her. her a lot i was not saying i've never read any of her books but i have i did i read made to crave and it was really mm-hmm. good but seriously so good and the the book is about like how to live loved when you are left out lonely and all that and so at first i was kind of like i feel left out sometimes i'll read this and <laughs> learn how to not be left out of things and not have fomo but it was so good it was just talking about how to combat like you know, feelings of rejection with mm. scripture and with truth. And oh my gosh, it was literally life changing. It's so good. This. And it was a quick read too. It wasn't very long. Yeah. But yeah, it made me want to want to read like all of her books because oh. it was so good. I do love her. She's great. Yeah. So that is what I love. That's a good one. Okay. I'm going to have to read that next. Yeah. Okay. So what I love because it's winter <laughs> and our lips get chapped. Oh my goodness. <laughs> literally my favorite thing ever okay maybe not that was an exaggeration but Mm. one of my very favorite things it's hello body's cocoa rich Mm. uh lip balm stuff i mean it's like you dip your finger in the tub and put it on your lips it's not like a chapstick yeah Yeah, i love it love it i gave it at a favorite things party Mm -hmm. that we went to a couple years ago Mm -hmm. and i mean i didn't really get any feedback but i assume they loved it (laughs) (laughs) it's so good and let me tell you something about hello body Almost every influencer, okay, maybe not almost everyone, but a lot of influencers, I know what's wrong with me tonight. Lots of influencers have codes for this that are all over the internet, so I never buy anything from Hello Body without it being 50% off. So you never get it full, you never buy it full price. Never, because all you have to do is Google Hello Body discount code. (gasps) And you'll find 50% off, like a a lot of the life hack. Seriously, my sister taught me that. Always Google Hello Body discount that's amazing 50 percent off so that 20 dollar lip stuff is 10 dollars wow i know right 
Hashtag what blessed. I love Wednesday. I love it. I want to yeah. go put some on my lips right now because my lips are feeling a little chapped. So the other new thing that we are doing tonight is we're starting our first book study. Book yeah, study, kind of, kind of like a book book review. Book, I mean, yeah, we're talking been, about a book. We're talking about a book. <laughs> a really good book. for the book first time that we hope y'all got and have enjoyed. Yes. So it is Women of the Word by Jen Wilkin, and I read it a couple months ago mm-hmm. and told Virginia to read it because it was so so good, and she did, and she thought it was really good too. I did. And, I loved it. Um, yeah, it's great, and I think that it's just a really good. I love the premise of it. Is just talking about how to really dig into scripture and study the word of God and become passionate about Mm -hmm. it in a way that it it doesn't feel overwhelming, I guess. And I love that she talks about a lot of hard truths Mm -hmm. in here about what it looks like to really prioritize spending time in scripture and loving it and digging into the word. So, Yeah, and she shows you practically how to do that, which is Mm -hmm. great because I feel like a lot of books will talk about like what you need to do, but they don't Mm -hmm. really show you how to do it. Yeah, And she, I mean, there are guides in here for how to study the Bible well and how to learn and not rely so heavily on even commentaries, which, Mm -hmm. you know, are great things, but how to kind of think for yourself (laughs) Yeah, in a way that's like, you know, you're not just like throwing things out there like, oh, I bet this means this about the Bible. Like it's it's based on truth. It is really a really good book. Yeah. So today is going to be like a part one. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go through the first five chapters and just kind of go through it and say some things that stood out to us. And if you also read the book and you have things that stood out to you that are the same or different than ours, then please email us or, you know, contact us on Instagram or whatever, because we would love to hear your input too so yeah and we just want to say listening this to this podcast is not going to tell you everything about this book Mm -hmm. i mean it's something that you need to have in your hands even like i would say don't even buy the ebook which is a Mm -hmm. lot of times what i but i buy but for this book you kind of want to be able to mark it up and yeah refer back you know open your book Mm -hmm. (laughs) physically but just listening to this you're not going to get everything you need to know from this book so we still encourage you to buy it like Jensen was saying, and just really dig in for yourself and use it when you are studying the Bible until you get the hang of how to do it without having to refer to the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's get started. Okay. So chapter one, I promise also when I just said that, I was like, oh my gosh, this sounds so boring. It's not going to be boring. Chapter one. Jensen's just going to read the book to you. Turning (laughs) things around. Promise it won't be boring. But chapter one, she starts with sharing 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 that says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. And I love that passage of scripture because Mm -hmm. I just feel like I often forget that my relationship with the Lord and and my being able to combat the the schemes of the enemy and to, you know, keep him from having a foothold on my life does not come from just my innate knowledge mm-hmm. of God or even my learned knowledge of God. Like it comes from my knowledge of scripture and me making sure that I am not relying on myself but I'm relying on the word of God and obviously on God himself but relying on the word of God to teach me and to guide me in making sure like my that my heart is protected from the enemy and that my mind is protected from him and where it says that he may be equipped for every good work I think that that is really important to remember as well that we can do nothing apart from 
the Lord and we can do nothing apart from his instruction, which is found in scripture. Yeah. Well, and it also says that the man of God may be complete. So Mm -hmm. it also shows that there's no need to try to add to the Bible or Mm -hmm. anything like that. Everything that we need is in the Bible and in his word. Mm -hmm. And it's our job to study that. And it's so crazy how much you find in the Bible even after having read a certain book, like over and over, it's like, whoa, I never, I didn't know this meant this, or I never mm-hmm. noticed that before. You, It's it's breathing and living and active, and mm-hmm. it's so cool whenever, whenever you read something and you're like, oh my gosh, I've read this a million times, but it's never hit me this way. Yeah. So one thing that I love that she talks about in this first chapter is her approach to studying scripture mm-hmm. prior to this change that has happened in her life, which is, you know, falling in love with studying the word of God. And she talks about how prior to that, she was reading the Bible, wanting answers for her own life. And I related to that like crazy. Yeah. Like crazy. Like she says, you know, I would read the Bible and think, who am I? What should I do? Open my Bible to get answers for it. Mm-hmm. Or she says, I believed that I should read the Bible to teach me how to live and to assure me that I was loved and forgiven. I believed it was a roadmap for life. And then in any given circumstance, someone who truly knew how to read and interpret it could find a passage to give comfort or guidance. I believed the purpose of the Bible was to help me. And I just, and that's, Y'all, that's like this, the first page of the first chapter. <laughs> and I felt so convicted mm-hmm. reading that because so often that's exactly what I do. I just, I don't know. I feel like I'm just so me-centered when I'm reading the Bible and I'm like opening up and being like, okay, just speak to me, Lord, and tell me, you know, lay something out that will perfectly apply to a situation that I'm in and actually something that you told me a couple weeks ago I think you said your mom said this and it like I've thought about it every single day where you said your mom said instead of saying like okay God show me you know what you want saying God this is your time Mm -hmm. I want you to have this time this is not a time for me if I'm reading your word this is your time Mm -hmm. and I love that that. hit me too whenever she told me that yeah I mean and it's so convicting because you realize like oh I've never, I've never thought of it like that. It's yeah. always been my time to have something shown to me or whatever. And God and mm-hmm. his grace does that. And he does show us things and reveal things to us. But understanding that it's not about us is the the only way that we can, as believers, read the book of Leviticus and, un- <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And not be like, oh, my goodness what's so happening names. this is the worst <laughs> like it because we're so me focused right. of course we feel that way right you know of course we're not going to get anything out of it because we're focused on what we can get out of it rather than understanding you know how the old testament ties in with the new testament and seeing the whole tapestry woven together of the word of god mm-hmm. so i don't know that was just something that was pretty convicting yeah i love that mm-hmm. and i love too where she says Yes, the Holy Spirit opens the word to us, but not without some effort on our part. And mm-hmm. that's another part of the me-centeredness. We don't really mm-hmm. want to put in the work. We're like, okay, Holy Spirit, show me what you want me to see and what this means. But it's it, we're, we're supposed to be studying and searching and 
trying to understand too, like, yes, the Holy Spirit will will help us to understand, but we can't just read like a part of Leviticus and be like, Holy Spirit, show me why. Mm-hmm. They, show me why they're listing all this stuff out. <laughs> and they'll just all yeah. of a sudden be like, oh, we've got we to gotta look back in history. We've got to look up what historians have said and why this is significant. Because mm-hmm. in our American culture, we have no idea why stuff like that is significant unless we right. actually learn. And yeah, I mean, we can't just be like, Holy Spirit, show me without without doing something on our own parts. Right. One thing that I really loved, too, was she talks about the story of Moses and the burning bush. And when God tells him like, hey, you're going to go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. You're going to be the leader of these people. And Moses is like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Like, and he says, like, who am I to do that? You know? And I think she makes a good point to say, like, you know, he was looking for affirmation. He was looking for God to be like, no, you're great. You can do this. You are a strong man and so wonderful. And that's why I've chosen you. And instead, she says, notice that rather than telling Moses what he should do, God instead tells him what he has done, is doing, and will do. And... I love that later she says he answers Moses's self self-focused question of who am I with the only answers that only answer that matters and that is I am. And that was another kind of kick in the gut mm-hmm. is that it doesn't matter what my capabilities are, it doesn't matter what my gifts are. If God wants something done, he's going to get it done. And yeah. if he's using me, has nothing to do with me it has to do with him and the glory that he's going to receive from it and it doesn't matter who i am or what my giftings are it matters that he is the i am like he Mm -hmm. is absolutely a hundred percent everything that i need to to fulfill this calling that he's given me yeah well and it shows too like he he's so kind to use us even when we mess up and his plans will not be thwarted but he also will move on if he needs to, like he did with Moses and Aaron. He's like, okay, uh, I'll use your brother instead yeah. this week. Mm-hmm. She also talks about how the Bible, you know, we, we are to study it as a whole story. Mm-hmm. And it all ties into one story. It all points to Jesus and the Messiah. And then whenever he com- he'll, he will come again. One thing, if you have children that I have loved for my children is the Jesus Storybook Bible by Sally Lloyd- mm-hmm. Lloyd-Jones. Yeah, is that right? so good. Yeah. yeah. And I love that book because in in that book, they make sure to tie everything to the coming of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And so every story, Noah's Ark or, you know, the burning bush or whatever, it shows how it points to Jesus. And I've loved that so much, especially mm-hmm. for my oldest, because she's learning already. I, I didn't learn this stuff till like much later, you yeah. know, my 20s. Mm-hmm. But she's learning from an early age because of this uh, storybook Bible, how everything actually does point to Jesus. And it's not just a random story in the Old Testament. Yeah. And so if you have kids, that's a really good book to get. It's called the Jesus Storybook Bible. Mm-hmm. Sally Lloyd-Jones. Yeah, it really is good. Judah loves it. He listens to it on his Alexa every night. And he loves that. And it's really yes. cool, too, because he's memorized a lot of it because he oh, listens to it. I remember you it. telling me that. Yeah. And so that's kind of sweet to hear him. Like, he doesn't know 
you know, exactly what a lot of it means, but just hearing him repeat it Mm -hmm. is really sweet too. And the fact that that he loves listening to it so much. Yeah. So later on in the chapter, she talks about the power of our minds and how we're called to love God. You know, I think we, we understand that we're supposed to love God with all of our hearts, but do we understand we're supposed to love him with all of our minds as well? And that was uh, another thing that was really convicting to me when I read it, because I forget that God has created every single aspect of me, which includes my mind, which doesn't just include my thoughts, but it includes my imagination and all of that kind of stuff. And all of those things were meant, like he created me in that way to bring him glory. Mm -hmm. And am I using all of those things to bring him glory? You know, Um, and that was kind of something that that struck me and how she talks about, you know, our our walk with the Lord can kind of feel like a roller coaster ride, you know, of peaks and valleys rather than a straight path. And I think and I, I completely agree. I think that we're asking our hearts to lead our minds mm-hmm. and we're not loving God with our minds like we're supposed to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I thought that was a really good point because I'd never thought about that. And it says in, in First Chronicles twenty two nineteen, in seeking God, now set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. And, you know, we have to be not just have our heart lined up with his, but our mind lined up with his and understand that, you know, that's that's the seat of our intellects that is so much passes through our minds on a daily basis and are we in control of that and are we loving god with every aspect of it yeah and that even goes back to our episode about worship Mm -hmm. it's we can't just worship with our heart and with our emotion it also has to be our mind we have to know the god we're worshiping and if we don't with our minds then we're not worshiping the real god with our hearts Mm -hmm. or at least we're not We are very confused about who God is. Yeah. She also says we live in a time when faith and reason are spoken of as polar opposites. At times, the church has even embraced embraced this kind of language. And that's so true. I mean, Mm -hmm. especially non-believers look at us as Christians versus science. Whereas it's all one thing. Truth is all together. We are not – if we're separating it, we're doing something wrong. Right. And so that's, it's so important. It says, for some of us, the strength of our faith is gauged by how close we feel to God at any given moment, by how a sermon made us feel, by how a worship chorus made us feel, by how our quiet time made us feel. And so if we're doing it all based on feelings, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of days where I'm done with my quiet time and I, I mean, I didn't have like a ton of emotion, right? but I did learn more about God, mm-hmm. which feeds our uh, knowledge feeds like our heart mm-hmm. of worship. When she says later, she says the heart cannot love what the mind does not know. And the, oh, you underline that's that my too? next underline. Oh, I love it. And that's something I wrote that down on an index card and put it in my Bible because I mean I feel like that makes so much sense. And why did I? Why have I not thought about that before? You know, like yeah. if I don't know him, am I really loving him? the way that I'm supposed to. And I thought, you know, about comparing it to marriage. Mm -hmm. If I don't know my husband, if I don't know his character, and if I don't really know his heart, how can I love him? How can I pursue him and be pursued by him if I don't know him? You know, and I think that's such a practical way to think about it. Yeah. Because it's so obvious, like, of course, you can't love somebody that you don't know. But we do that with the Lord 
right. literally all the time. We claim all that we time. love God so much. Oh, yeah, he's my whole world. Oh, he's my Lord and Savior. But it, is he? Because are you really, are you pursuing knowledge of him and not just experiences of him? You know yeah, what I mean? And she yeah. talks about that later, too, how we keep chasing after these experiences with the Lord rather than really diving in and understanding who he is. This is going off on a tangent a little bit. But I've been thinking about a lot, you know, the the passage and I think it's, I just read it this morning. Oh my goodness, I should know this. Is it in Mark? I think it's in Mark. Where, you know, Jesus gets in the boat with the disciples and he falls asleep and this like big, huge storm is, you know, going crazy. Mm -hmm. Jesus is asleep the whole time. And the disciples are like, hello. (laughs) And they are, I mean, they're trying to wake him up and they even say, have you no compassion? You know, do do you not see that we're all going to die and you're just chilling there sleeping? And Jesus, you know, wakes up and he's like, okay, waves stop, wind stop, whatever, does that. And the disciples are like, who is this that even the waves and the wind obey him? And I started thinking about that and I'm like, okay, these guys have been walking with Jesus day in and day out. They know him. They've seen him perform miracles. That day they just heard him tell like 79 parables was like a whole, it was a whole thing, right? They saw him perform miracles and all kinds of stuff. And yet they were in a boat with him saying, why don't you care about us? Why aren't you helping us? Why, we're, we're going to die here and you're just sleeping. And then they say, who is this guy? When he actually does, you know, what they want him to do. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that, how they had all these experiences with Jesus, but they didn't apply it to their lives. There was no application. There was no heart change Mm -hmm. there. Later on, things change for the disciples and and they, you know, become more aware of who Jesus is. But I just, that stuck out to me so much that they saw firsthand all these incredible things that Jesus was doing. They saw it with their eyes, but they didn't see it with their heart. There was no application there. And I think about that in regard to this, you know, we're, we're chasing all these experiences with Jesus, but an experience isn't going to hold us over. An yeah. experience isn't going to change our lives. You know, it's kind of like when you're in high school and you go to like uh, summer camp or church camp yeah. or whatever, and you are here for it. You're raising <laughs> your hand. You're like, I'm going to rededicate my life to the Lord. And it's this whole thing, like, which is incredible stuff. I'm not making fun of it. It's just like, if you know, you know. Everybody's been there. Mm -hmm. And then you come home, and it's like, hmm. It was a camp Anyway, Uh it's a camp. It for sure is. And then you come home, and it's... Sometimes. I mean, not all the time. No, no, no. Absolutely not all the time. But speaking from personal experience, I would come home and be like, all right, well, that's over. Moving on, and my life would be exactly the same as it was before I even went. That's because I experienced something, but I didn't apply it to my life, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I just think that that is incredibly important as believers that we're not just chasing spiritual highs, but that we're really, like, seeking the Lord. Right. And some of it, there there are some of us who will 
get to know certain aspects of God more than others. For example, someone who's lost a child or a mm-hmm. husband, you know, they'll get mm-hmm. to know God as their comforter maybe more than some of us will. And so there are so many aspects of God. Oh, yeah. um, but as far as knowledge goes and studying the Bible, we all have the Bible. Mm-hmm. We all have the Word of God. We all have the Holy Spirit. We all have you know, thankfully we have Bibles. They used not to have Bibles. They used to have to rely mm-hmm. on what the preacher or priest told them mm-hmm. about the Word of God. And we live in a time, and we should be so thankful for it and not take it for granted, where we can dig in ourselves. We don't have to just go off of whatever we're told and hope it's right. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have this. We have copies of the Bible. Just whenever we want to get one, we can go get one. So it's so important. Mm-hmm. That we don't take it for granted because God did put us in a time and a place where we have access to it. And so that's very important. But basically, I feel like the quote that basically sums up this chapter is when she says, We must love God with our minds, allowing our intellect to inform our emotions rather than the other way around. Mm. So not knowledge for knowledge's sake, but knowledge to get to know our Creator and our Father. And that in turn will just grow our love for him so much more when we know who we're actually worshiping and we know exactly what he's done and what he gave up in sending his son for us Mm -hmm. and even just how lowly and bad we are Mm -hmm. (laughs) without a savior yeah we're not good people and sometimes people think that because they're not reading their bibles they don't understand like right you know how terrible sin is and Mm -hmm. what a price he paid yeah. Going on to chapter two. What's the name of this chapter? The Case for Bible Literacy. Case for Bible Literacy. So this is something that I think really changed the game for me. This chapter was a really big one because it talks about how important it is, how how important biblical literacy is, <laughs> and how we really need to be in the word and not just in a study, not just in commentary, not in those things, but relying on the word of God, relying on the Holy Spirit to reveal things to us that he wants us to know. And I love that she says, it's fine if you want to quote John Piper or, Mm -hmm. you you know, I love John Piper. I feel like we we quote Piper and Spurgeon or Elizabeth (laughs) Elliot, whatever. Those are super great things. Those are great resources. But those people themselves would tell you that what they say is nothing compared to what's in the word of God. Exactly. I love that that she says the the aim of the Bible is to change our hearts so that we desire what God desires rather than to spoon feed us answers to every question in our mm. lives. This whole chapter is just kind of basically talking about what it means to have a passion for reading the Bible and what it looks like in that way. So one part that she says, maybe you have felt your own interest in the Bible waning and have wondered why. You may have even questioned your love for God in light of your, in light of your lack of desire to know his word. I believe that a woman who loses interest in her Bible has not been equipped to love it as she should. The God of the Bible is too lovely to abandon for lesser pursuits. And I was just like, well, that's the truth. Uh, and how many times have I abandoned it for lesser pursuits? Yeah. You know, and I that's why we are doing the challenge on Instagram right now is the Word Before World Challenge, understanding that scrolling your phone, checking your email, all of that stuff, watching TV, whatever you need to do, those are lesser pursuits. Those do not even matter in light of eternity. 
And the only thing that matters is our pursuit of God and aligning our desires with his desires. Right. And going back to like not quoting people in place of a bi- of the Bible, we just want to remind you that this podcast is here to be supplemental. Mm-hmm. I think we said this a couple episodes ago too. Yeah. We are we want to be supplemental, not your fill of scripture for the day. Right, for sure. And she even is talking about like topical studies. She said they serve a purpose. They help. They do help us. They help us to integrate broad concepts into our, our our understanding of scripture, but they're not foundational. If they are all we ever do, we will miss out on the richness of learning a book of the Bible from start to finish. Yeah, and that would be really sad to go through your life having done a ton of Bible studies. Like you mm-hmm. can tell, you know, you can you can tell me what this person said about this or whatever, but you've never dug in for yourself. Mm-hmm. And you've always gone to the scripture that this person has said, turn to in your Bible. Yeah, <laughs> instead of reading straight through or reading either chronologically or thematically, right. Yeah, she talks about too. I don't. I don't think it's necessarily in this chapter, so I might be skipping ahead a little bit. But she talks about you know if if you're reading scripture and you come across something that you do not understand, instead of jumping immediately to a commentary, mm-hmm. ask the Holy Spirit to reveal that to you and ask God to to really work in your mind and and don't give up on don't just leave it at oh I don't understand that mm-hmm. or that's too complicated for me. Come back to it the next day if you have to. Or, you know, dig into what the original language was and all that kind of stuff. This is too important Mm -hmm. to not do those things. We're talking about studying the Word of God, not just reading it and moving on with our day. And I think that's the big difference is understanding that this is a study. Like we are meant to study and meditate on the word of God every day and the more we do that and the longer that we study our Bible as in you know length of months years we'll we'll be able to recall to mind things easier like Mm -hmm. oh this reminds me of this verse or I remember them talking about Abraham and Hebrews I wonder what it says in Hebrews about it and yeah it'll get easier it's definitely a learned practice Mm mm-hmm Yeah. So then uh, towards the end of the chapter, she talks about the five P's of sound study. So there's study with purpose, study with perspective, study with patience, study with process, and study with prayer. And those are the the next chapters. So she Mm -hmm. takes each one chapter by chapter. So then next one in chapter three is study with purpose. When we come to the Bible, we're not – it's like Jensen was saying earlier. We don't come – seeking our own understanding we come to learn more about him and so that's our purpose studying to know more about the lord and about the whole story of the bible and it says knowing how a particular book of the bible relates to the big story is Mm -hmm. important but the individual elements of the creation fall redemption restoration theme can also occur in the smaller stories of the bible in various combinations our task is to search for these themes as we study Mm -hmm. and that brings to mind even like abraham uh, having to offer isaac his Mm -hmm. only son who is supposed to bring forth nations and trusting god you know and he's saying okay god you told me to do this i will sacrifice my son and god ends up saying no you know it was a test but just the whole theme of like abraham was tested to see if he would do that Mm -hmm. and even looking at that that points to god offering his only son Mm -hmm. jesus and jesus did end up paying the he was the sacrifice you know isaac was supposed to be a sacrifice 
on the altar to the Lord didn't have to do it because he wasn't the Savior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Jesus did end up coming, and he was the sacrifice and atonement for sin. So even little things like that, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's all through the Bible. It's crazy whenever you start really looking for that. It's like, oh, my yeah. gosh. Well, and the fact that, like, when Moses dies and then Joshua is in charge and takes the people into the mm-hmm. promised land, how Moses's name is synonymous with the law and joshua is the same name as jesus mm-hmm. and i mean it's yeshua for both of them right and so it's an incredible picture of how the law did so much but it couldn't bring in the promise it could not bring fulfillment to the promise of of god's people and right. the only thing that could was yeshua the only thing that could bring the people into the promised land was the one that shared the name of Jesus, you know? And I think that that, you know, little, that's not a little thing. That's a big thing. But things like that, you don't, when you just hear the stories, you don't understand how they're part of a a bigger story. And that's like what you're talking about with the Jesus Storybook Bible, how it really does tie everything in. I honestly sometimes will, I remember when we first got that, I was reading it and I'm like, I just want this for myself. I know. It's so, it's good. so good. I feel like I've even learned so much from it. I know. I totally agree. But yeah, and we, we do a disservice to the Bible. I mean, that, I feel like that's an understatement, but yeah. <laughs> we do a disservice to the Bible whenever we look at even parables that Jesus tells and try to apply them just to how we live, which, mm-hmm. I mean, he that is something we're supposed to do, but it says in this book, too, are we called to be like Noah? Yes. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're called to be righteous. Are we called to be like the Good Samaritan? Yes. Like, yeah, we um, we are supposed to help people in need who aren't right. like us or whatever. Like, we shouldn't have any kind of prejudice. But not simply because they are positive examples to inspire us to righteousness. These stories point us to Christ. They point us to the big story of God's reign and rule, inviting us to see ourselves in relation to him. So, yeah, I mean, there there are so many things that we can learn practically from the Bible, from parables, from stories. But we're like the big purpose is to point to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then moving on to chapter four is study with perspective. Mm-hmm. So she talks about how we live in a time when the Bible is largely regarded as a book for our own edification pretty much like what we've been talking about, Mm -hmm. through which the Holy Spirit will simply reveal truth to those willing to give it a few minutes' attention a day. Not many of us are willing to do the hard work of digging, preferring to inhabit a modern-day understanding of the Bible with no regard for its original audience or purpose, tailoring our modern reading to suit our own ends. And I feel like even, especially in today's culture, we're seeing so much of that, how Mm -hmm. people are trying to apply scripture to certain situations going Mm -hmm. on. And a lot of times when that happens it's completely misused or taken out of context and there is a place for that we just have to make sure that we are studying the whole bible and we're not taking things out of context because when that does happen you're going to be confused other people are going to be confused you don't know the god that you're talking about (laughs) you know if you're applying saying this is what god did in this situation you have to make sure the situation you're applying it to is the same situation, like the same type of situation. And more times than not, it's not. 
So it's very, very important to understand the Bible so that this doesn't happen, so that as believers, we're not confusing the world. Because yeah. how sad is that if we are responsible for bringing confusion to people who don't know God when we're supposed to? Yeah, I agree. And she says, the desire to say, can't I just read the text as if it were written to me is great. The Bible's historical and cultural context is there for digging, but only those believers with a sense of their small place in redemptive history are likely to dig with diligence. And I think that that is speaking to, again, how we need to understand that the Bible is not just for us. It's for us, but it's not about us. We're meant to understand the context of scripture. It's unbelievably frustrating when I see someone post a Bible verse or say a Bible verse or whatever. And I'm like, oh, that is a hundred percent out of context. A hundred percent out of context. You know, I mean, people pull things from the Old Testament all the time and Mm. say them. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't think I don't think you know what any of that means. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, that's something in my own heart that I need to deal with because I should not be getting frustrated with them. It's a topic for I another mean, day. A talk on Jensen's heart. A place for that. But it's true. Like we need to understand. And th- this is something that I've just in the last year, year and a half become really interested in and really passionate about is r- understanding the theme of what the author is talking about and the setting and the historical context of it. All of that is so important because it allows us to know more about Mm -hmm. God. And even to the point of like, you know, why in sometimes in the New Testament does Jesus say he'll do a miracle and then Jesus is like, go and tell everybody about it. And then other times he'll do a miracle and he'll be like, keep it hush hush. Don't tell anybody. Keep it on the DL. And, you know, I guess I just never cared, you know, like, okay, well, that's, he just didn't want want anybody to know. He was being humble. Or, you know, then why sometimes was he saying, yeah, go tell everybody. Okay, well, it was the context of where he was and at what time and where the, you know, Pharisees were and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff in certain parts of where he was performing these miracles. And he didn't want these people going like oh jesus healed me he's the best ever because then they would stop him from doing anything else Mm -hmm. you know the the leaders that were completely anti-messiah would stop him Mm -hmm. and i think that those things are just really important to understand and um really vital to our growth and our are really falling in love with scripture Mm -hmm. you know yeah exactly and then as far as how to study with perspective practically, she gives five ways or five questions to ask when you start the book of the Bible or as you're going through it. Who wrote it? When was it written? To whom was it written? What style was it written? And why was it written? Mm. And that is very helpful, especially when you're reading like a letter from Paul. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's very helpful to know who it's written to and why it was written and where he was was he in prison when he wrote this and a lot of times in bibles it'll kind of tell you at the beginning my bible has a page at the beginning where you can read about it and figure out like what's going on or turn to the back even Mm -hmm. turning to the back of your bible and looking at a map kind of gives some perspective as well like oh he's he was way over here when he was writing this letter to these people way over here 
it, it just all of it. We are we are supposed to be very studious students. Mm-hmm. Then moving on to chapter five is study with patience. I think that that is kind of obvious, but I think that it's really important. She talks about having patience with ourselves and understanding that we are not going to just understand scripture because we're reading it and right. we're not going to understand scripture just because we've asked God to reveal it to us. You know, it's not it's not always this supernatural thing that happens and it's something that you work toward. And like I said, you know, scripture is not meant to just be read through one time. Right. Scripture is not meant to just, you know, like the book of Leviticus. Oh, there's so many names. I'm never going to read that again. <laughs> You're really dissing Leviticus. I know. Poor Leviticus. Second Chronicles. That's another one. Yeah. Too many names. Well, What's going on? Why? But if so you need I'll some never, baby names, you yeah. know, oh, there turn you go. to Second Chronicles. Idea. But like, you know, I, I'll never read that one again. It's just, it was too hard. It was too many names yeah. or too many, you know, genealogies and whatever. And then we just give up and we don't Mm -hmm. do it. Speaking for myself as well. I've done that so many times. I think that this book is just such an encouragement to go back, readjust our focus, readjust our priorities Mm -hmm. in why we're reading this and what our pursuit actually is. Is it something that I can gain or is it I'm doing this out of obedience because I want I'm, I'm submitting to God and I'm submitting to the plans that he has for me. So I'm going to obey him and do what he's asked. And I'm going to learn who he is in his word through the whole thing. Yeah. Just bits and pieces. Yeah. Well, and the cool thing, even about genealogies, as boring as they are, Mm -hmm. that's how you find out that Rahab, the prostitute, is Mm -hmm. part of the lineage of Jesus. Ruth is part of the lineage of Jesus. Mm -hmm. All these people who were just unexpected Mm -hmm. are part of the reason that or the the lineage that ushered jesus into the world yeah we miss that if we skip over lineages like that and sometimes we can rely on other people to tell us but how cool is it to be reading that and be like oh my gosh Mm -hmm. rahab the prostitute she brought she helped bring jesus into the world Mm -hmm. and it's stuff like that that even shows us like god uses imperfect people obviously we're all imperfect but some of the people in the Bible, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is like a soap opera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, it's true. I mean, he can use absolutely anyone. And that tells us something about our God. Yeah, I agree. And one thing she talks about is that studying with patience requires taking a long-term view. Yeah. I think that is really important. Uh, she says, for years, I viewed my interaction with the Bible as a debit account. I had a need, so I went to the Bible to withdraw an answer. But we do so much better to view our interaction with the Bible as a savings account. I stretch my understanding daily. I deposit what I glean. I patiently wait for it to to accumulate in value, knowing that one day I will need to draw on it. Uh, And I think, first of all, that's a really great illustration of a long-term view of studying scripture. I think that's Mm -hmm. a really great way to put it. And it's true, you know, if we have a a short-term view of of scripture, how can this help me, um, whatever, and, and impatient approach Mm -hmm. to the study of God's word, we're not going to get anything out of it. We're just not. And and if we do, it's like what I was saying, one of those small experiences that's like, oh, that's so cool. And then in a year, you're not even going to remember it. Yeah. You're not even going to remember that verse or whatever it was, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
And then she starts talking later on in the chapter. She's talking about commentaries are great, but Mm -hmm. we should not rely on them. She says, if I'm not careful, they can mask my ignorance of scripture and give me a false sense that I know around my way around its pages. People who write commentaries are people like they're fallible. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I think we forget. We read the little commentary at the bottom of our Bible and we're like, oh, okay, so that's what that means. But maybe it's not. Like maybe that person's mm-hmm. wrong. There's and there's a, an app that I've been using that one of my friends told me about called the Blue Letter Bible app. Have yeah. you ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great because you can find commentaries from a lot of different people, and there's cross references. You can figure out what the Hebrew word means of certain things. Um, it's a great tool for this. And so it's something like after you study for yourself, if you're like, okay, I need some more help, you can go check out. It's really good. It's called the Blue Letter Bible app. And that's another thing, even when you do commentary, sometimes I click around on a few different ones yeah, to see. Because she says, too, in here, in short, if I never allow myself to get lost, I never allow the learning process to take its proper course. So it is important for us to try to figure it out for ourselves first. Mm-hmm. And we do need help. I mean, this, these a lot of these people are people who've studied the Bible for a very long time. And so it is valuable but we also need to try to do it on our own as well. Right. And then have that to go refer to later. Yeah. I love how she ends the chapter. She says, The children of God have hearts of fertile soil. We are able to hear and receive the word, and when patience has done its work, to bear much fruit. Be patient as you practice the discipline of sound study. Allow the seed of the word to germinate and grow according to God's good timing, trusting that a miraculous harvest will yield in due time. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, I just think that that is really neat and a really good way to encourage just really patient study of the Word of God and understanding that we have the, you know, through the work of God and the grace of God, we have the ability to bear fruit for him and to make his name famous and to make, to bring him glory but it's not an immediate thing. It's not something that's just going to happen overnight. It's something that involves in- increasing submission and obedience and patience right. in studying his word and his character. Right. So. All right. So we'll be back with part two next week. Yeah, if you haven't gotten the book yet, go ahead and get it. You can mm-hmm. catch up in plenty of time. Yep. I mean, and even if you don't want to catch up, like it's a great tool and resource to have. Yeah, so. it really is. Yeah. So again, it's Women of the Word by Jen Wilkin. And we'll do chapters six through nine and then the conclusion one. Yes. Right? Yep. In the next part right. do. Right. Mm. And we just want to remind y'all, if you want to leave us a review mm-hmm. on the podcast app or wherever you listen to your podcasts, we would love that. Yes. Helps people find us and know if they want to listen. So yeah. that would be great. All right, guys. See you next week. See you next week. <laughs>